Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us for this hour, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay. I want to talk in this hour about my recent trip to California, and I'm going to make it sound like somebody that's never been outside of Fayette County. But when I go places and I haven't been there in a long time. I try to go with the eyes of a child. That is, I like to keep my sense of wonder intact because I like learning new things or unlearning preconceived notions. So, the reason I flew to San Francisco from Lexington, Kentucky is because we are invested in a small venture fund with a guy named Jared, who is a very smart guy. And how I got into it and how we found out about it, it's a story in itself, but I had been invested in this thing for almost three years and didn't have a whole lot of information. And they have these investor days every year, actually two days. And I said, I got to go to this thing this year because I don't know what's happened. So, um, flew, changed planes in Dallas, weather, got there very late. I did not stay in San Francisco. Stayed in a little town just down the coast called Montero. It's in San Mateo County, about 20, about 15 miles from the airport, which is kind of south of the city on the bay side because San Francisco goes up on this isthmus, kind of a promontory of land. The Bay Bridge goes to the left or to the right, goes east the golden gate bridge goes to the north so the bay bridge goes over towards berkeley the uh, golden gate bridge goes north to marin county 
and the whole town's kind of surrounded by ocean. So I got there late. I drove down to this little town. I'd been down there before. It's it's an easy little drive. At no time did I feel impinged upon by all of the well-publicized difficulties that that area is going through. My entrance into and out of the airport was as easy as if I'd gone out here to Bluegrass Airport. The people were courteous. The people at the car rental desk were courteous. The The roads were in good shape. A lot of media that you would listen to would have you believe that the whole area is basically falling off into the ocean, that it's just in horrible shape. And we listen to this stuff, and we don't go out and test our hypotheses by doing on-the-ground research. None of that I found to be true. I get down to this little place, Montero, take a left and go up the hill, stay in this lady's B&B, Airbnb. It's like $140 a night for this idyllic, literally idyllic setting. Get up, go walk down the hill, come back, take a shower, drive down to San Francisco and go to the meeting and go eat. Yeah, it's expensive to park. Car wasn't any more expensive than if I'd rented it here in Lexington. I thought gasoline was going to be $7 a gallon. It's more like high fours. Uh, went to the Tadich Grill. Awesome place still. Downtown San Francisco, California Street. Not the crowds that you've had. But it was almost full for lunch. The people were actually nice. They acted nice to the fact that I was there. What did you expect? What was your I vision? expected a hellhole and just across the board. You now you, I saw a few crazy people walking in the street. I saw a little of this insane drug use, but it wasn't that much where you were. I drove over in the mission district. That's kind of a bad area. Down in Montero. Oh, so nice. There is a reason that's, California is the fifth or sixth largest economy in the world. And if you think listening to this show that you in your smug little central Kentucky area can say, well, I don't care if they fall into the ocean. You're crazy. When you go by that Nice bib lettuce in the middle of the winter at Kroger's or your fresh market. Guess where that's coming from? California. You buy, you, you take away that, you, you shut that state down, forget buying any fresh vegetables in the middle of the winter. 
You like buying $6 a bottle of wine? You shut down the wine industry out there, you're going to be paying 35 40 bucks. The point is... Wait a minute. That reminds me of that movie we were talking about. Bottle Shock? Yeah, yeah. That was good. a hell of a good movie. But the point that I'm trying to make is we cannot remain complacent. And our great cities and states go downhill. We can't be complacent about what's going on in Chicago. We got to care. You've got to care about this country. You know, you can't care about everything. I understand. <clears throat> you only have so much empathy. There's only so much you can do. But the point is, California is the best place in the world. There's the reason why the absolute most brilliant people are still moving there. They're not moving to Houston. And I love Houston. Don't get me wrong. Young people are. What? A lot of young people are are still going to Houston. More Nashville now. Well, than no, they're most of them going to Phoenix, which is a version of California. And Nashville. I don't know why anybody would want to move to Nashville. I love Nashville. Don't get me wrong. I've been going there since I was seven years old. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is you cannot just act like it's not a big deal. It's 2,000 miles away. And it's not going to affect me. It does affect you. It is the entrepreneurial engine of the United States. It's not in New York. It's not in Atlanta. No, it's not in Florida. People don't go to Florida to really work. They go down there to relax and do nothing. And let me tell you something. I love Florida. <coughs> Miami's gotten to be hotter than a $3 pistol. You can, I mean, if there's a place I would say you can have, it's Miami. What I'm saying is that California has got incredible intellectual property, stuff being built and done in the area of technology and energy. It's not just computers. It's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, Aerospace. The agricultural abundance unbelievable. is unbelievable. Missy, it's unbelievable. Oranges, lettuce, avocado, straw, strawberries, pistachios. Because they have basically a dry rice, climate. Rice. You know, they have to irrigate a lot of it, but tomatoes. You know, and now they got all this rain this past winter. They filled up their reservoirs to a certain extent. Now, even though they tell me Lake Mead's never going to be full, but you got these lakes. Have you ever heard of Mono Lake? It looks like Mono Lake. Um, it's kind of up in one of the central valleys, sort of north near a lot of mountains. Los Angeles gets a lot of water out of, they have an aqueduct thing. You know, New or, uh, California is in some ways a little like Israel. They've taken an area that is basically desert and turned it into kind of an oasis. I mean, you go 25 miles inland from anywhere along the coast, you're in desert. I'm going to tell you something. I, I haven't experienced it. I stay here in central Kentucky. I have a very narrowly constrained lifestyle. I have dogs that I take to rock castle County. I go up and sit under a rock and I consider that I've been somewhere. Okay. I stop at the big hill food market and try to avoid the little Debbie's. Okay. 
you know, I'll go in and have coffee. What are you making eyes at her for? It's like, she's supposed to be on top of that. I'm a big boy. I can keep myself from eating the little Debbie's. Okay. The, the point I'm making to, is that I don't have these cosmopolitan type experiences very often. And when I do, it really rocks my world. And I'm telling you something. Well, as you said, childlike eyes, but it requires an adult pocketbook to hit California. It does. Sorry. It, it, but you can do things. For, I mean, I, I paid the same price I'd pay at a Hampton Inn in Dalton, Georgia. Less. I actually have not been out to California since I was with GE Capital. That was the day we used. I well, used you to fly ought to go there. sometime. We might. Um, we're going to start in San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco. I, I had bet to go you out there. were riding high. Knob Hill. Um, yeah. They. Yeah. That was. That was fun. And and, and I think I've told you well, that you Sean, Sean Connery was staying a floor below, floor above me, the floor above me, and I wanted to run into him so badly. <laughs> of course you did. And of course I'm going to date. I'm going to date the time that I was there because they were filming The Rock. Well, I didn't see that. The Rock with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Oh, I'll go see it. So, what year was that? I don't. I don't so remember. No, you were married. You weren't going to be dating Sean no, Connery. It was just when no, I it run was into dating him. when she was there, and not she wanted date, to date dating Sean Connery. The time that I was there, which was 1990s. But then, um, but it then sounded we, like she was saying that. I knew what she then was saying. I was um, also out there, at Los Angeles, uh, to put together some just some sort of synergistic stuff for GE Capital. Uh, in broadcasting for them. But at any rate. So you do have your own stories. Yeah, of course. Everybody's got stories, Tom. Everybody's got stories. But back to your California and Not the, everybody. you know, and I think you're, you are, you're showing the, that there are a lot of good things that come out of California. Let me tell you something. My focus, I can talk about this is pretty, the food's good. It's always going to be economic. I'm thinking always in terms of business people being able to make a living and do well. And, you know, this tour company, and so we, we did spend a day. Now, you talk about a, uh, an absolute microcosm business thing, the wine industry. We see it in Kentucky with bourbon. But I would be willing to bet that the wine industry in California, especially even Northern California, that's where the good wines come from. So $40 a bottle and up your two buck Chuck comes from over in the central Valley. You know, they just have, uh, square miles, not acres, but square miles of, of vineyards. Um, and, and it's the cheaper wine, but the, the, the really good grapes and stuff, cause that central thing or now I'm sorry, the coast it's dry, but it's gets rain, but it's, it's not humid. Humidity kills grapes. It's bad for them. But the, the thing is those wineries and there must be a hundred of them. They're all tourist destinations. And guess what? A tasting's like a hundred bucks. Now used to be free. You know, you go to a, a, a tasting at a nice one and then guess what? <laughs> at the end, they're going to give you a, um, uh, uh, order a form, product sheet, uh, an order form, and they want you. To, oh, it's they're going to ship it for free, but a case is going to be like fifteen hundred bucks uh, for that wine, or it could be less or more. And they want to turn you into a customer, but they do it in a way 
it's you don't feel like you're being pushed or jostled. It's just all there's so much of an appeal to the senses. And you're a, buying an experience. You're buying the memory of being there and and all of that by by buying the case. Part of the reason is because the history of San Francisco began with the gold rush in the 1840s. And all these people from we Europe talked about that last week. That's came. right. San Francisco had 800 people in mm. the early 1840s. They came and they couldn't find gold as easy as they thought they were going to. So they turned to ag- agriculture. So you got Italian families, you got right. Greek, you got these people that are used to beautiful coastlines, and they came and they they got these farms and they found a different kind of gold. Well, circle back to that uh, to the whole wine industry and finding really really hitting their stride. And you mentioned the the movie it was I think it was 2008 Bottle Shock, which basically tells the story of how the California wines started beating the French wines in a blind tasting competition, like soundly beating them. And then all of a sudden, it's just not a product that they're putting out there. It is an excellent product that they were putting out there. Uh, And they knew it was, but they were a little bit parochial. They were a little afraid of going up against the French because they thought it would be fixed. They thought that the game, that the fix would be in and that they would lose before they even started. And it was the it was specifically about the famous Paris tastings of 1976. And there was so the movie's guy, this, 2008, the but British this was guy, 1970s. I can't think of his name. He's played by somebody, uh, Stephen uh, somebody. And uh, he had a wine shop in London where he sold mainly French wines. He called it like the Institute of Wine, this sort of, you know, uh, pretentious-sounding name. And this, Alan Rickman? When no, Alan Rickman Stephen was, somebody. No, but, but that was uh, that played, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but okay. what was his name? Alan Sidney Patrick Rickman. I don't, oh, no, that's the, that's the movie guy. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, what's the name of the character that's the real? Stephen somebody. And then the other one is played by that other guy, Dennis Farina who's been in several movies. But the point is, so this product. Now, the the wineries don't only produce grapes. They also have olive trees. California olive oil. Stephen Spurrier. Yeah. I'm Stephen Spurrier. Not, me, not the football coach. Yeah, not, not to be confused with the football coach. Yeah. Right. right. They got a they got a olive oil. It's the same environment. I'm a big olive oil guy. The other thing that they do, and not the fake olive oil stuff. You have to look at that. Well, there's like fake olive oil. Well, and, and Tom, you like the one that has the California certified seal, which there is a California you. certified seal. You can buy uh, it at um, Fresh Market. There's different ones. You go on their website. I've ordered some. of. There's one called Corto. And that assures that that olive oil is actually a pure olive oil. And as you can drink olive oil every day. It's good for you. It's got omega sixes, three sixes and nines. But now I'm kind of on to flax oil, so because I think it's a little better. But there's all this stuff that's healthy. Now, do you care? 
You should care. We should convert Kentucky into a place that does more composting, grows more wine grapes, more orchards. Uh, I don't think you can do olives here. It doesn't work. Now, how did App Harvest fail in that? Wasn't that they were so- in tomatoes. Tomatoes, okay. Is it even still trading? I don't even know. I don't know. Okay. But that was a different kind of thing. That got was it. a SPAC deal, and they, they got a bunch of money off the sidelines. I'm going to, in the second half of the hour, I want to talk about intellectual capital. What draws young people to certain places? Because I think that all needs to change. And I ran into a young man last night at a restaurant we go to. He's the son of the owner. And he told me he's going to study mechanical engineering. And I nearly did a backflip with glee. All right. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton sitting in. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the second half of the hour. Stay tuned. My name is Tom Dupree. Rarely in my time in the investment business have I seen the kind of opportunity I see today. I'm talking about interest rates, which I believe will be going significantly lower in the next 18 months. I believe it's time to lock in longer-term rates now. Short-term rates on money market funds, bank accounts, and CDs can drop dramatically when rates begin to decline. Don't be lulled into complacency. It's time to invest to establish your yields for the long haul. At Dupree Financial Group, we specialize in retirement investing. Let us help you by calling 859-233-0400 and setting up a complimentary meeting with us to examine your investment portfolio. Listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Is really good. Uh, Huey Lewis does funny videos. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay. I want to talk about 
in this half of the hour. What makes young people move there or the here, hither or there? So when I was growing up, really before I had graduated from college, like really as early back as 1970, all the young people were moving to Atlanta. And that was my cousin Susie, who was 20 years old at the time. She had been maybe 21. She had just graduated from the University of Missouri. She was a cheerleader there, you know, sparky, full of life, great. She goes to Atlanta to work for the Coca-Cola company, got bored with that, and goes selling radio time for this uh, big radio station, 94 Rock or whatever. So then I go to college in 74. Atlanta's still a hot place for people to go. But something's changing. And by the time I'm, say, 21, 22, people like who graduate from UK are, instead of moving to Atlanta, they're now moving to Houston. My cousin, other cousin, Mary Ann, she gets an accounting degree here, goes to work for one of the big eight firms in Houston, and finally decides she wants to go to business school and then ended up in New York. But So you're seeing this thing of people going there. And, uh, and that happens sort of into the 80s. And then I end up moving to Houston in 83 because... I wanted to go work for a bigger investment firm than where I was working, which I did, and I was there for five years. Then what I've noticed, I didn't notice where anybody was moving for a long time. Now I see a lot of them moving to Phoenix, Arizona. How do I know this? Well, my son lives there, and then I was in a convenience store one time out in North Scottsdale, and this young girl, like maybe 23 in front of me, talking to this guy, and she says, I just moved here from Nebraska, and I'm trying to, you know, I've already got a job, but I wanted to find this, and then she ends up talking to this guy that's a painter, and I said, ah, I've seen this before. I have seen this before. They're all going here now. So Taiwan Semiconductor is talking about building a $15 billion semiconductor factory in Arizona. But I'm sitting here saying, what is it that would prevent young people from moving to California? Missy's done some work on this, so go ahead. Well, I mean, just generically right now you look at the news and california is begging people like literally to use less electricity um and you know and of course the big push for the, the golden gate bridge the lights are all off now i bet you, you, if I bet. you drive across it it's in your it, electric car in your electric car and, and if right. you're driving down streets at night and roads Right. There are no street lights out there. Right. Much. Right. And, and you know, last time we checked, electric powered cars are oh, 
they're powered by electricity, you know, electricity. So, and we're having such a shortage of electricity, but they're still, you know, begging people to, yeah. you know, to reduce their consumption of like, uh, maybe they can know, like, use their electric car headlights to light the roads that they can't afford to light. Yeah, the, I, yeah, street, I, I mean, they're, they, the street light is going away I, out there. All, all I'm seeing is inevitable blackouts is, is, you know, and, and some very hot people. And, and thank God it's, it, I guess is not as hot in some places like it is in the Florida. You know, when you talk about the, the heavy, humid Florida. Well, atmosphere. Northern California rarely gets hot. Eighty-two degrees is a hot day there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I, you know, that aside, um, what most concerns me is that California basically, um, you know, put into action thanks to their their fearless leader Gavin Newsom, um, <coughs> several several interesting, uh, radical new, uh, new. Legislation, legislation that went into effect on January first, and we'll just start with the first one. Um, it was uh, SB one hundred and seven, Sanctuary State for Transgender Kids. So this is the law signed by him in September. It protects the use protects the use of drugs and surgery to provide the so called gender affirming care for you know all the the children from and also other that come from other states. So please come to California if you want to get your child into that if you want to get it lopped off into this medical complex cut it off this money making medical complex you want to take advantage of the confusion and the 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 new what's called rapid Awful. onset gender Awful. dysphoria it is okay right. it isn't funny it's not and i'm trying to make a joke out of it and it's not funny it is it's not funny it is the, it is the least of being funny um the next we have is that they have uh, it's AB twenty ninety eight is the new COVID mis- mis- misinformation law, which makes it illegal for any doctor to contradict what the official narrative is. So no one can question anything. And so welcome to the state where yesterday's misinformation is today's facts. So you, whatever, if your doctor doesn't think that it's the right course of treatment for you to do A, B, or C, regardless of what that is, they are not allowed in the state of California. So, lovely. Um, the, the decriminalization, uh, jaywalking because of racism, that was uh, AB 2147. This law calls the, it's called the Freedom to Walk Act. <laughs> Which I'm like, I don't even, it presumes that jaywalking is a racist crime. And so, because it's well, supposedly, no, it's enforced prosec- unevenly. The prosecution of jaywalking <laughs> is the racist part. It's not racist to jaywalk, it's racist to prosecute And, and, and it's, it's, it's mainly called upon in communities of color and where people, uh, you know, supposedly are less capable of paying the fines. And so now this is a law to stop those pesky police from stopping people from crossing the street illegally, you know, that are in danger. Okay, all right, moving on. Uh, SB 1375, uh, allowing nurses to perform abortions without doctors. So this law kind of attempts to expand the access to abortion by allowing qualified nurses to perform certain abortion procedures in the first trimester of pregnancy without the supervision of a physician. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that some of these laws are simply virtue signaling on the part of the legislature, knowing that they'll never really come into play. That's just stupid stuff that, uh, it's just a way of showing, look how liberal we are 
and look at the stuff we're willing to pass. In other words, it's it has no bearing on reality other than to just say, well, we passed this law. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, look, look, if you're in the hotel. I mean, what do you think, though? I think. I think it's virtue signaling. I think that's all it is. Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling, though, with a with a there there's a goal, Tom. It's not just saying virtue signaling. There's there's a goal, and I and we've okay. said this over and over again. There is a money making piece to this, but um, you know, when you're when your hotel business, how's becomes, it money making to not prosecute jaywalking? I mean, how the hell is that money? Yeah, I I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, that, I, I guess, don't get that. Well, right, okay. So when, when your hotel business becomes a homeless shelter, subsidized by the California taxpayer, that. That's why I didn't stay in San Francisco. By well, the way. you know, you know, you're you're a hotel owner in Los Angeles, and you know, you have to give the government a list of your vacant rooms because they're going to help their well. They pay for the population. person to stay there. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the other one was the uh, that I didn't get to was the uh, SB three fifty seven decriminalize decriminalizing loitering for prostitution. <laughs> so. So this this is um, well. You're working. Yeah, yeah. right. It's That's not loitering. Right. It, That's it, right. It's, it's they're called they're they're actually called sex workers. They are considered, it, you know, after all, it's the oldest profession in the world. This law aims to remove the social stigma of sex work, and yeah. it also it also comes in a mid of you know of a statewide kind of crime wave. So. You know, and I'm glad that you went out there and didn't see the the. You know, we've talked about this Listen, back a year I, ago. The homeless population tent the tent cities. I, oh, I with did the see electricity I, I saw, tapping the electricity. But I'm gonna tell you, it's in Louisville too. And you know, if you don't think Louisville has turned into a hellhole, and it's not as pleasant as a place as San Francisco, the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot to save. And you've got to, and you've said that you've said that, and I, I, I and I hear you. Um, and you you're look, just, you're just, I, I'm, you're just summarizing what some I, of the insurmountable okay. or seemingly I, I, insurmountable difficulties. You are started be. this conversation saying, "Where do young people go?" And yes. I would contend that it is on obviously opportunity. Sometimes you you go well, someplace. Based on you, your daughters, now people are going back to Atlanta again. Uh, it sounds like opportunity Was this, and weather. Do you think that's a I don't pattern? Talk about that. We- are weather, you seeing that weather? Look, think about this opportunity. Yeah. Number one, so you you get a job in Kalamazoo. Listen, if and you're you, a young person, you want a job somewhere. You want to be able to grow in your field, you know, and get good at and and go up the ladder, so to speak. What I'm saying is, is that you, if you, it all depends on what your goal is. You put your resume out there because you're looking for a particular career path, and you're offered something again in Kalamazoo. You know, you go, and, and even that's even though that may not be where you wanted to go. If you're looking to move based on, you know, to get a job when you get someplace, obviously now you're looking to go someplace uh, to fit your lifestyle and your needs. You know, you're a skier. Um, you want to go up to, you know, West Virginia and you, or you want to go out west, you know, and be someplace where you can ski and have some quality of right. life. Most, a lot of kids, you know, go for weather, whether that's warm or cold, right? You also are going to target areas. And, and maybe the young people do just follow the opportunity and, and don't look into the same way that, that I would or Missy or Tom. Um, but the tax rates, Absolutely. the expense of living, the expense of housing, the expense of Young insurance. people don't care about that. Like, well, yeah. you know what? After They may not, but they may not stay as long after they get there because they're they're not making enough money to live a... 
feasible lifestyle. Yeah, and I'm I'm suggesting that you know as I was reading you know some of these you know kind of what I think are really radical laws that um, in California and would would deter me immediately, right? That that this would not be the environment that I would want to go to. Um, and if I were a young couple that was looking to have a family. Um, I don't think that this would this would appeal to me, and I would I would want to educate myself on the the overall climate, on you know a holistic sense, right? But I don't think most you know I, I would I would venture to say that most young people aren't interested in unless these were hot buttons for them. They're looking for opportunity and quality of life, meaning can they get out and go and do the things that they want to do. The other thing about the tech industry, which is very, very prevalent out in California, they don't have to be there to work. They can work for these well, companies and not always have to live in California. That's starting so that's, to change. And no, I don't think so in the tech stuff. Yeah, it is actually. And we were told about it that, you know, there it's people are trying to recreate that environment imagine if we were they all let let me ask you this question imagine if we had caved in along with everybody else during covid and irrevocably changed our business model over a year's period to where oh it's cool to work from home how would we be able to keep doing this show with the kind of the vitality that you get of three people sitting in the same room or four however many we have cross from each other you know I'm going to tell you something. We were shut down for about a month during the beginning of COVID. And then people said, I'm coming back. And boy governor and whoever, they were saying, well, you know, they can only be there. We defied all that. Come get us. The point is. No, the rules now were they you had give to be far enough apart. Yeah, and we were far enough apart. They want to give was- us 26000 bucks a person, you know, for actually doing the contrary to what everybody's telling you not to do which was to stay open. We did stay open. I, but I don't want to know about that money. Well, the point, the point I'm trying to make is now everybody realizes that the way you build a company is you have people together complimenting each other's thing. Their thing. Their, their thing. Their thing. And let's clap. <laughs> We're clapping a lot today. Teamwork. Uh, it's Teamwork. just when Missy gets. <laughs> I'm just making. I, I wanted to. I wanted to bring up you. You were talking about young people, and it reminded me. I watched a great video. This is uh, looking. Matt Walsh. The, Matt Walsh, who was the who was the. Uh, you know, who I'm did, sorry. I'm not laughing did, at you. Yes, you I'm are. Laughing with. Let Matt, her say the page. Matt Walsh was making. He was invited to speak at Stanford University in California, and it was great. I was watching him. His speech was was. Eh, it, it, it was. It was serviceable he's dry um, it was dry and he was also reading from his notes which i, I, I you know i tend to like somebody that is addressing yeah, eye, making eye contact and he he it was in the what you know what is a woman response if, if nobody's seen the if they haven't seen the movie of course it's you know it's a very um you know hard-hitting journalistic feat on what is a woman and addressing some of the transgender transgender issues and certain political issues that we're currently and social issues that we're currently facing and young girls nowadays are being told that what a woman is is undefinable because he asks these young clearly hetero young girls obviously cute girls that probably want to get married to a man he said, what's a woman? And they were kind of tittering and laughing 
Like we've been told we can't answer that question. Hold on. I actually saw the other day on a, a college application. Once again, I've talked about this in the, in the, in the 7 a.m. hour about the HRC human, you know, the human rights uh, campaign that is pushing all these really radical stuff. Colleges that follow along with that human rights campaign philosophy are now putting on their college applications male, there is no female. It's you check cisgender. What the heck? What does that even mean? Cisgender means denoting or relating to a person whose gender identity corresponds with the sex registered for them at birth, not transgender. So you're supposed to put cisgender, C-I-S-G-E-N-D-E-R. That is female. That is BS. I'm sorry. I no. That I'm. How many schools have done that? I don't know. I don't know, but and well, I, that'll I really, make dormitory placement easy once they get to that point. Well, they've been having mixed well, cohabitation. Let, let me go back to the Matt Walsh thing. So Matt Walsh does his he does his spiel, you know, his his rehearsed spiel to the audience. And number one, the 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 radical left that tried to get him off the campus and kind of do the Riley Gaines thing um, was certainly in effect tearing down the the you know the sheets and the the posters and the all the you know, you know promotional uh, stuff that went out. But it went on. It was house-packed. And what I loved about it was he finished his spiel, and then he, he opened it up for the Q&A. And, oh, my God, you've never heard such movement of people standing up to hear. And this is where Matt Walsh you know, shines because he is directing, and he was answering the question eye-to-eye, you know, contact, and straight, you know, not rehearse. It was, it was wonderful. First question asked of him, which I loved, young guy, and he said, I am a California native. I, th- my family's here. I love California, but I hate what my state is doing. What, what am I supposed to do? I don't want to leave. He said, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And interestingly, we talked about, a little bit about Tucker Carlson and his, um, his goodbyes on air and saying, you know, please start standing up and speaking out for things that are your truth. And, and don't be scared. That's ex- Matt Walsh or said. Or the truth. Yeah, Matt Walsh said to him, he said, take every opportunity that you have to speak your truth and do not even knowing that it's not going to be popular around the people around you. He said, it's not I'm right and you're wrong. It's that it's coming from this is my truth. I'm sorry, but this is my truth. He said, and I don't like that. the my truth thing because they say that you can anything you think and feel is right is my truth. I like to look at objective truth, and this is truth that's gone on for years and years without me and my help, or whether it resonated with me or not. It stands outside of me, whether it's my truth or not. But that's fine. He can say it that way. All if right. He wants well, to. and and then and then you know. Interestingly, a that means he's a, a, he's a later, embraced it. He's embraced it. A later a later questioner came up and said, and he's an older gentleman, and he said, "I want to say to the first guy that said something about staying in California and working, you know, in California." He said, "There is value to be a contract worker." He said, "Because now you don't have to be under the umbrella of the human resource and the the DEI." objectives for some corporations and he said so the freedom of working as a contract worker he said made appeal to you and matt walsh was like he, he was nodding he said that's really good advice so i it was like that it's interesting well, it was interesting it's a good place to stop you've been listening to the tom dupree good. show with missy clifton if you'd like to hear more of the tom dupree show you can go to dupreefinancial.com 
If you'd like to come see us, call us, 859-233-0400. We'd love to take a look at your portfolio and give you a complimentary review. You can also call us, 859-233-0400. We appreciate you listening to The Tom Dupree Show, and we will talk to you next week.